0: You're listening to the Live, Love, Engage podcast. On today's show, we'll be talking with an animal communicator who helps pet owners address their animals' physical, emotional, and behavioral issues. Stay tuned. I am Gloria Grace Rand, founder of The Love Method and author of the number one Amazon bestseller, Live, Love, Engage, How to Stop Doubting Yourself and Start Being Yourself. In this podcast, we share practical advice from a spiritual perspective on how to live fully, love deeply, and engage authentically, so you can create a life and business with more impact, influence, and income. Welcome to Live, Love, Engage. Namaste, oh, and welcome to Live, Love, Engage, I am so delighted to be with you again and I want to welcome all of you who are regular subscribers to the show or if this is your first time I especially welcome you and I just want to introduce myself for especially if this is your first time I am Gloria Grace light messenger and spiritual business coach and women entrepreneurs hire me to help them leverage their intuition to break through revenue ceilings and create sustainable growth in their business And on this podcast, you know, we love to, I, we love, okay, I love to be able to bring together um, all sorts of people to help, help you to live fully, love deeply, engage authentically. So sometimes that means I'll have someone who's helping you to grow your business specifically, but maybe sometimes it's someone who is going to help you live fully, you know, live Find different ways to be able to help you. And so so today is is in that realm. So I am really excited to bring on to, in just a moment Mary Beth Decker. She is an intuitive animal communicator, a medical intuitive and energy healer. And she's the founder of sacredgrove.com, where people and pets heal and connect. She works with pet guardians who dearly love their animals yet face tough issues. I've been there. Uh, she uses her intuitive animal communication and energetic healing skills to address animals' physical, emotional, and behavioral issues. And I'm sure many of you out there are pet lovers like I am, so that's why I wanted her on the show today. So, without further ado, I'm going to bring her on, and I want to officially welcome you, Mary Beth, to Live, Love, Engage. I am so glad to be here, Gloria. Thank you uh, for the introduction and the, the the fact that we can talk about. Um, living fully because it you know animals in my life are part of the reason I'm it's easier for me to live fully. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I know they they say that animals help us especially like you know as we as we age and and get up up in years and especially even like retirees I think they you know if you're not working anymore it's really good to have a pet companion to help you live longer and I, I know i've read that somewhere and if, if anybody yeah yeah so so i would love to know and i always i'd like to start our these episodes getting to know our guests a little bit more and especially on their journey and what brought you here today so how what how did you get interested in specifically in becoming uh this animal communicator I'm never tire of answering that question because I I have so many lovely stories attached to it um I I did not know that animal communication was a thing um so what I the way I, what happened is I, I finished a Navy career Navy officer was in an association and at some point I said I think I'm going to start some energy healing learn learn that. And when I started to learn energy healing, my dog started communicating with me. Holy cow! I got it. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck? So the first time was uh, my dog Timmy, who had passed away. So this is a this is a dead dog coming back. I'm making dinner I'm in mid the kitchen, and out of the corner of my eye, I see him sitting in the dining room. And what's so lovely is his. I mean, we've heard a lot of ghost stories. If you're like me, I love those stories. But he's a full body. It looks like my guy is back in the flesh. So I, Timmy, I'm like, whoa, man. Because it's one ear up, one ear down, if you know my dog. (laughs) And he, um, and then he disappeared, but I knew on my pets. So pets survived, Tad. They're still intact and the guy came back to tell me he loved me so can he get any better than that and that started the journey wow you know um so tell tell me a little bit more about that so what what did you do next i mean you're discovering now that you're able to be able to kind of communicate with even even you know pets that are no longer here here. so yeah so i hope people will laugh because i I, my kids were younger at the time, and what I did next was I finished cooking dinner <laughs> again. So I'm like, yeah, well, got to feed the kids. But but I had a couple more wonderful uh, experiences. And I finally said to a friend, Mary, what was going on? And she says, that's animal communication, Mary Beth. I said, really? And I, I got training in it. so it's great when it happens to you but i was at the point where wow i want to know how to do this and at that point when i started working with people and their animals as an animal communicator i still had my energy healing skills and i still use them but the hearts of the human beings who come to me are so open so i had like it's like a double goodness um I have these human beings who love their pe- their their pets so much they're there, and I have these pets that I get to, animals that I get to talk to and communicate with and uh, see if I can help get them and their people back on track or, or help provide information about the physical issues. And I just fell in love with the whole scene. I got to say, it's just, um, it's a great place to be. Well, you, you just sort of alluded to something that I was going to ask you about. So... Why would someone come to an animal communicator? what What are they What are they hoping that you can help them with? The, um, there's a There's a lot of things that people come to me for. Um, there are the There are the basics uh, for me. There's like, why is my cat not using the litter box? This is really annoying. Or uh, why my my dogs really pull on the leash now. I'm not a cat behaviorist. I'm not a dog trainer, uh, so, but I come from the inside to find out what the emotion or the belief behind it, and then see if we can ask them to make changes rather than you know, telling them. So there's 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 some basic physical stuff. Some people come to find out how they're feeling physically, and I, I pick that stuff up pretty well. So um, something as simple as is the pain medication working, or where do you feel it, and things like that, or and providing information in that area? Then there's also behavioral problems. Uh, I worked with a a woman this week and her horse, uh, and she felt that they they were disconnected, and and she really loved this horse. So we we went through what was going through his emotion, his mind's. On the subject, and we came up with a way of communicating to him how they could reconnect heart to heart and have a good life together. So there, there's there's all sorts of things like that. And um, a life—that's the other thing—is uh, I wrote a book, *Peace in Passing*, comfort for loving humans during animal transitions to help folks through their journey, when their animal starts to, to go on the decline. But I help them through that. Again, maybe the physical, maybe the emotional, what do they need, Um, how to help. Even I help through the transition. And we sometimes even connect afterwards to find out how they're doing or say some things that didn't get to to be said before the animal passed. Well, that's a wonderful service to have because I know I've – I um, had a, I had a cat pass on uh, probably over ten years ago now, um, and and it was so sudden that I was really surprised and was just all all of a sudden she just got ill and 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 left and and we had had to put I'm thinking did now I'm trying to remember did because we lost like but we had a dog as well and it was like we lost like both of these pets within about a year of each other and it was and they were both fairly young too and it was very disappointing and the, but we' got new pets now but uh yeah it, it would have been nice to maybe be able to number one even find out what was going on with her and to be able to help her or just to help her through the Help her through the transition, or help me through the transition. I'm not sure, <laughs> sure which, but yeah. Um, what has what has been? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask two questions. So the first one is gonna be what's been perhaps the biggest challenge you've had you faced in 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 this type of work, or even in having this as a business, as a type of business. My biggest challenge has been trusting my intuition. (laughs) I'm laughing because um, how, how hard it is for us to shift over from that logical side of facts and figures and this and that and what just happened in the physical world to listening to something that comes through in a different way trusting that what I was getting was correct that it was helpful it was useful figuring out how to speak it to people in a way that they could hear and um, that has been a process Uh, and I have luckily worked with some very good mentors who have um, helped me and I do get thank you thank you thank you lots of loving clients who come back and say wow that really helped so that you know Evidence is always useful too. That that has probably been the the biggest. The second I'm going to go to the number two for me that I think about is making sure that um, people know what they're when they come to an animal communicator. They come to me. Being clear about what my skills are. I'm just not going to tell you that your dog wants more treats. Well me tell them you're that yourself. But we're going to go into the relationship about it and see what we can fix, maybe through energy, healing, medical intuition. But how do we bring you guys back so you're enjoying each other more, uh, your company more? That's where we're going. Hmm. Well, the second question I was going to ask you is, I appreciate you sharing that, number one, is what has been the most gratifying uh, thing about the work you do? Um, the, the feed, well, I think you, I think you heard that when I was talking about why I shifted to animal communication. First off, being in contact with wonderful animals and people who love them enough to come to an animal communicator, those open hearts, that is so gratifying, and hearing the feedback uh, about Maybe behavioral changes or people that after they passed, uh, their animals passed, um, saying, Mary Beth, you're right. Uh, my dog did show up this way or, 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 I guess I say this, but behavioral changes, emotional changes, and I hear back from people, it's not 100%, who, who's 100%, but I get enough of it that it keeps me moving forward. it It fuels me. Mm-hmm. And I wonder sometimes if perhaps where maybe the results weren't as, uh, let's say, positive as expected, maybe it's it's still partly, I think, there the the owners' maybe intention or their outlook and maybe their disbelief, really, because I think, you know, what you focus on expands. And if you are focusing in on doubt and disbelief, then you're oftentimes that's what's going to show up for you at where as if you have an open mind and set the intention that something is positive is going to turn about from this, I would think you would have, you're already heading in the right direction. What do you think about that? Oh, you're absolutely, you are correct. Um, I, I actually love working with people who are already on board. Like They they understand that there's a spiritual side to our relationship with our animals. Uh, You might call it heart-to-heart. It's no surprise or it's no accident that we're together. uh, That's one of my beliefs. And I, how do I say it? I'm not the kind of person who's going to try to convince you that what I do is real. And if you come to me with that sort of a feeling, you're right, there's a barrier right there to allowing the good stuff to happen. Um, I I have, I do work with people who are a little skeptical. We all gotta be skeptical in this world. Um, But having, like, it's enough of being in the place of, well, what if this could work? You know, what if? so yeah people's people's attitudes coming in can make a difference for better for worse, yeah, now you just you said something, and I just want to follow up on that because i'm I'm curious about this. I think you you said something about it like it's no accident. So, mm-hmm. do our pets choose us or <laughs> or do we choose them or or what do i'm I'm just curious about that. I love <laughs> that I this, this is my belief I think we made a I think we made some kind of an agreement to um find each other and live with each other I don't think there's any accident um oh and um so my most this is the best story for me personally um Gloria I lo- I lost two dogs. And, my, and one of my cats, last fall, within five weeks of each other, and it was devastating. I don't care how much you do this stuff. If you love them, there's never a good time to go. Uh, I, I wrote a book on it. It doesn't matter. Lots of grief. But the point is, what happened afterwards, we started to look for, we had no dogs in the house. My two remaining cats still are like, where did the dogs go? So... The night, let's see, the night before my dog Tibor, died, I had this amazing dream that um, he was running with two dogs that had had already passed, uh, Stella and the Mitsubishi kids named him. Okay, and they were running around with a bunch, bunch of dogs all over the place, just running around, and it felt like a medical facility. And finally, they hooked up with this little guy that was kind of a beagle, dachshund-looking face guy, long body, big ears. And I'm like, wow, what the heck? True story, uh, like a week before Christmas, we um, found somebody who who is that guy. They found him for me, and uh, the people at the... um, Rescue society said so we didn't think he was going to. He was going to find a home. This guy, you know, he's he's got issues. So, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was so clear to me. So I I know we don't all have those lovely things, but I do believe that we make somehow it happen. Either the guys that left find the next one, or we already agree it's time for us to get together and all this cool stuff. Wow. That's so cool. I I think there's some truth to that as well, because I, and just to share a quick anecdote about um, the cat that I have now, one of the cats that I have now, I, she was a, when I found, I first found her, she was, I was walking our dogs uh, down the sidewalk outside of our community uh, where we live. And there was a I kept hearing this strange sound and was like, what the heck was that? And then I, I walked like down to the end of the block, turned around and came back again. And I heard it again. And I don't know if it was that first day, but then like the next day I heard it again. And then I finally like went to investigate and I saw this tiny, tiny little kitten underneath some bushes. And I was like, Oh my goodness. And then I was like, but I was with the dogs. And so then by the time I came back, she was gone. Well, on Friday, she was still there. And I said, "Okay, that's it. you were coming with me." <laughs> it was <laughs> like we we went and got her that that night. I, I found her, went out with the flashlight, and and, and scooped her up, and uh, you know took her took her to the vet. And and he says she was probably you know no more than five weeks old, and maybe somebody had just dumped her or something, um, and she was just you know funding for herself out there. And so I I think she was you know hopefully waiting for someone. Now, of course she's been. She wasn't too happy when I introduced a Siamese into the family, but um, but she she still loves me in her own way. <laughs> and that I love that because um, I, I have seen where uh, I here is the way I like to think of it. So I've met dogs who've been rehomed, and I think sometimes um, they're just like oh that maybe not even on a conscious level, but like, but this isn't the family for me. And finally they get to the right family and they're done. The little cat that's out there waiting somewhere somewhere in the ether, there's a thing like, I would be with Gloria. Yeah, <laughs> Gloria. Yeah, exactly. Now you, you mentioned a couple times that you have written a book. Tell me tell us a little bit more about that. Well it's yeah this is Yes, my book. My friend John actually painted a watercolor painting for for the book cover. It's I know. Lucky woman I am. I, I, I did a rewrite of it um, to start to talk to people about how to navigate for themselves as much as for their animals. How navigate that last leg of, the, of life because of the first first edition that I wrote was just like end of life, you know, getting ready for transition, transition, after transition. Uh, but what I noticed, which seems really obvious if I say it to you now, is our grief starts as soon as we get that terrible diagnosis or we start to see our animals decline physically or mentally, and then you start to—if you're like me and every other person I talked to—you start thinking about how long you've got, what's going to happen, how can we, how can we, how can we fix them? How do we make this okay? Or uh, how do I keep them comfortable? So this book goes from all of that ways, mindsets, and things like that to to help us shift as our animals decline. Um, even lots of ideas to the transition and uh, even beyond in the pet and uh, afterlife, uh, what they might be doing, how, how you might notice that they're still saying hello like my, my Timmy did, uh, maybe in smaller ways. And uh, there's a lot of, what I really love is a lot of my clients let me put stories in there so it's it's not just facts right beliefs there's stories and it's been very helpful to people thank you for letting us more about that oh yeah absolutely well and and i want to ask you one other follow-up to that is so let's say someone listening out there today is is going through this maybe they they have had you know Cancer is so prevalent, not only in people but in animals as well, and dogs in particular. And that's what our our first dog died of. Um, what what is what advice would you have for them to to be able to you know to manage this and to get ready for you know what what may be the inevitable if they're not able to treat it? Um. So I'm not being a smart aleck when I say this. Uh, I was a mom for what it's worth. I, I loved Monty Python. And there was a skit in there where one of the characters says, I'm not dead yet. Now, I don't recommend the skit for the story that I'm going to talk about. But if you remember that your animal did not get the diagnosis, you did. And what they're doing is they're living in in how they're feeling and how their life is going. So I use that phrase, I'm not dead yet, for you and me. I, I used it for myself, for my animals last, last fall, to look at, OK, what can I do now? Um, how do I shift to still make this a great time for my animal? And remember, I'm so happy to have them with us. I mean, I even made up a song that I would sing to my dog Stella. Every day with Stella is a good day. I'm going to cry. Well, it just reminded me as as she lost her hearing and her sight and, and got less mobile, I still had her around, and um, and I was willing to like shift. You know, maybe the walks didn't go as long as as I would have hoped, or uh, maybe they're not so interested in getting one more treatment at this point. They just want to be hanging around and getting love. Whatever your answer is to. The I'm not dead yet. I'm still here. Enjoy my company. See what I want to do with you. What I can do with you. Mm-hmm. I, I love that you said not only that I'm not dead yet, but the fact that you're the one who got the diagnosis, not them. <laughs> because yeah. that that's like yeah, because they don't they don't know necessarily. You know, I mean, they do know, understand some English words, but you know. But not necessarily, you know, when a vet is talking to you about about something like that. So I think that's so important, and that that's to just yeah keep that in mind and just enjoy the time that you have got with them. You yeah. know, is yeah because all you've got right now is right now. So make the most of it. So I love that. Thank you. Is there a any commonly held belief regarding animal communication or 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 even just a our the relationship between a, between people and their pets that you disagree with? Oh uh, um okay. I gotta think for a second, so don't go anywhere. Uh I think that with what I do um uh, people think that I'm all I'm gonna do is give them some information with animal communication and it's it's uh it, it should be more than that there should be an ability to have a two-way communication to do some healing do help help you and your animal feel better about this stuff um he on the Oh well, the other thing I think that um, seems to be pretty prevalent is that we we kind of limit our animals' abilities to imagine and think and um, have full inner lives. I, I I believe there's more there than um, just what shows up. Physically, there there's thoughts. I mean, if you read, you start to read stuff about the uh, the research they've done for, with dogs because dogs are willing to be researched. Cats are not. <laughs> that's, that's just the way it is. But there's there's a lot of stuff going on out there about even this even the intelligence of octopus octopi. So I I think that we limit ourselves as humans to think we're the only ones that are um, fully immersed in um, being smart and intelligent, and not seeing that there might be a different way of being in the world, but it's still pretty smart and intelligent, and there's still a lot going on there. Mm. Yeah, I agree. And they are doing research with cats, because I have seen some documentaries on, and, and especially the cats are a lot smarter or, or able to like do tricks you know because all they always make a big deal about dogs doing tricks well I've seen enough like cat acts on like America's got talent or Britain's got talent but also've I've seen like a documentary where they were really um you know working with cats and really discovering how much that they really do know so yeah That's so good yeah I, I'm gonna be looking for those because yeah absolutely they all yep. that yeah. additional. A sense of being and smartness and and emotions and all that. Yeah, because I know people. People like to put cats down as they're you know they're so aloof and all of that. But I'm I'm sorry. I'm here to tell you, I had cats first, so maybe you know growing up. So maybe I'm biased. But I had but cats love to play. Some cats love. I will say this: some cats love to play. Some don't. But some cats love to play. Some cats are very affectionate. Now often it is on their terms, but I've got one just for the two extremes. I've got one cat who is more aloof, but does love to play, and will like and will play and will sit on my lap when she wants to. But the other one, I swear he's part dog because he really loves to play and he loves to have his belly rubbed, and he's the Siamese too. I mean, he's just Mr. Lovey Dovey. So it just goes to show you they're all unique. They all have their own personalities, just like people do. Thank you for saying that. I mean, I've heard so much It's like, what's wrong with my cat? It's not a dog. <laughs> <laughs> you just said it. But I have also my cat buddy, she sleeps over at my head. And um my cat Mac, he would uh, he would chase balls when the dogs wouldn't do it. We would we had tons of them. Yeah. So well, there's, there's you yeah, know, exactly. Yeah. Well and and I swear, I mean that Jackson, he's a, he's a retriever as well. I mean he would my daughter used to. She would take, um, like, after she finished uh, chewing gum, she'd wrap it up in that little silver foil, you know, and then she would throw that, and he would go chase it, and then bring it back to her. I mean, and they would do this over and over again. So it's 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 amazing. They're amazing. I'm going to ask you one other question before we start wrapping things up today, and because I would love to see the different answers that my guests give. So. What are you curious about right now? Oh, okay. Gotta think again. Really curious. I'm gonna focus on what I do. Uh, Well, I'm curious about how far we can use some of the different techniques that I I have learned. in helping particularly animals who've had a rough start, something traumatic happen, to bring bring them relief from that past experience so that they're, they're fully engaged and having a lovely time here in the now. Um, I, I think that I would say is like I I would like to get it through to them Without pounding, you can't just do it intellectually. You can't. But the truth is, I'd like to say, you just won the jackpot. Here you are with this lovely family, lots of food, lots of love. How can we release you from that past? And um, I've been exploring medical intuition, um, different kinds of medical intuition modalities and techniques uh, to clear out that past experience and see if we can change how much we can change the behavior in the now so it doesn't doesn't affect, the past doesn't affect their quality of life now. So that's what, I'm, that's what I've i been thinking about lately. Very good. And I, I just realized that I should have asked you a very important question right when we started talking about all of this, because there may be people out there wondering about it, because I know I just thought of this. So, because it's gonna lead into my next question, how does someone work with you? Do you work with people in person or do you or can you work with them like online? I didn't even ask you that. <laughs> um, most of my most of my sessions are online via Zoom what we, or phone. Um, I do. I, I live in Alexandria, Virginia. I do have office hours at the Veterinary Holistic Center in, in, in Springfield in Virginia, if you're in the D.C. area. Uh, but most of them are. you the assume. I, I think um, people have to get over the fact that it doesn't have to be a physical connection. It never was. It's telepathic. <laughs> it does not matter location. It doesn't right. matter whether they're sitting staring at me intently. They can be cleaning themselves. I don't care. Sleeping. So when people got over that, especially with the last few years. They're more, they're ready to to try it out, see that it works. So, all right, good. Thank you. That's what I thought. But I, I wanted to make sure I could clear that up for anyone listening who might be <laughs> a little confused. So if someone is listening now and says, oh, I need some help <laughs> and I want to I want to contact Mary Beth, what's uh, what's the best place for people to do that? Really, the best place is to go to my website, uh, sacredgrove.com. Uh, I really worked hard to, to give you a sense of who I am, uh, and you can see how you can work with me, and and um, you can always email me, uh, marybess at sacredgrove.com. You can see my how my name is spelled, and so uh, check with me that way, too. So I, I do lots of virtual sessions, um, as, as we just talked about. I, I do have packages. We do have packages. I teach you I teach people how to connect with their animals too. So I, I have a class if you're ever interested in learning about that. Um and, and other stuff. So so that's the best way to do it. And I, I I just love working with people and their animals. So all right. And just for those of you who are listening, she spells her name with an I. So is M-A-R-I-B-E-T-H. <laughs> but the website is sacredgrove.com and I will have that in the show notes. So in case you are listening somewhere where you don't have a pen handy, go to liveloveengagepodcast dot com and you'll get all of the information to be able to find this episode as well as all of our past episodes. So this has been a wonderful conversation. I enjoyed it, and I I feel you shared and a lot of information to help our audience uh, today to to connect better with their pets. So thank you so much, Maribeth. Gloria, thank you so much for this time. It is. It- to be able to enthuse and share some some great information that I gleaned, uh, it's, a, it's certainly a privilege. Thank you. Yeah. And I do also want to thank all of you for watching and for listening on your favorite podcast platform. And if you aren't subscribed yet, I hope you will. You can also subscribe to me on, I almost said LinkedIn. Well, you can follow me on LinkedIn, but you can subscribe to the video. Um, on YouTube at Gloria Grace Rand. And yeah, so until next time, uh, as always, I encourage you to go out and live fully, love deeply, and engage authentically. Did you know that a majority of entrepreneurs tend to discount the importance of their work? And a good number feel their success is simply due to luck. I know from personal experience that self-doubt can keep you from having the kind of life and business you desire. That's why I've created a free guide called Uniquely You, How to Move from Self-Doubt to Self-Love in Four Simple Steps. To claim your free guide, go to liveloveengage.gift. That's liveloveengage.gift.